Hi, this is Robert Helms, and thanks for listening to the Real Estate Guys podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Take a quick moment to give us some feedback on our iTunes page. We'd really love to know what you think. Thanks so much. Now, on with the show. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Where are we in the real estate market cycle? How do you know and what can you do about it? We're going to talk about cycles in real estate today. Not bicycles, but cycles. And we're going to show you how you can profit from knowing where you're at on the Real Estate Guys radio program. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiopodcast.com forward slash real estate guys today for details. Go online with the real estate guys. The real estate guys need your help. We're conducting an online survey to learn more about the information that you're looking for and how we can help grow the real estate guys radio program. Just a few minutes of your time will help us help you. While you're online, subscribe to our e-newsletter. You'll automatically be entered to win a cruise with the real estate guys. Help us to help you go online with the real estate guys at realestateguysradio.com. Realestateguysradio.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys Radio Program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Thanks for tuning in this week, as you do every week. Let's meet the guys in the studio this week, our co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. Hey there. And the man we call the the godfather of real estate, been investing in the uh, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and uh, now the aughts. It's, the aughts. Uh, it's the godfather, Bob Helms. Seems like a long time. You know, it does. And here's a reality check. We just got uh, back a few weeks ago from our uh, annual goal-setting retreat. And uh, the last day we were talking about next year, the 2010 goals retreat. It's like, ooh, wow, 2010. That sounds like a long ways away, but guess what? It's not. I remember when the uh, Stanley Kubrick came out with 2001, you know, back in the 60s, a space odyssey. Odyssey, yeah. And that was so out there. And then the, the sequel to that was 2010. Yeah. And here we are, 2010, and we're not going to Jupiter and computers, although sometimes it feels like computers are taking our lives over. But so far, they haven't done that. And uh, we don't have flying cars or any of the things that uh, people thought we would have. We still have pretty much life the way it's always been. People get up every day, and they uh, live in their houses, and they go out into restaurants and shopping centers, and they drive across freeways on the ground and park in parking garages, and real estate is still a big, big part of it. So no it's hard to spend a day in outer space. without real estate. It's really hard to spend a day without real estate, isn't it? Think about it. I think it's pretty hard. Yeah, there you go. Here's our topic today. We're going to talk about the real estate market cycles and where we are right now, uh, from recession to recovery. And uh, nobody knows how long that takes, but we want to uh, always be cognizant of where we are when it comes to real estate cycles. They're big, long moving, slow-moving cycles, but uh, I think we can glean a lot of information if we know what to look for. So uh, let's start by talking about the typical real estate market uh, cycle, and and, uh, if we were on our television program, we could do probably a more convincing job of all this, but you're going to have to use your imagination today. So I want you to picture one of those sine wave curves, you know, just a a flat line, and then we're going to start with the curve going down, and it's going to go down in kind of a uh, a correct uh, direction U. It's going to cross back over that balance line and then go up, it's going to peak and come back down with kind of an inverted U. And so that's the that's the real estate market value cycle. Now, they never look exactly like that, but uh, for educational purposes, there's basically four parts to the market cycle. 
at the beginning, when we're at the balanced or equilibrium level and we start into what we'll call a recession, we're seeing a decrease in sales and typically a lowering of price. Uh, often cap rates are increasing uh, and uh, income is going down. Then at some point, we bottom out. We hit the bottom of the market and we begin to enter the stage called recovery. And in recovery, lots of different things can happen depending on what were the drivers taking us into this particular market cycle. But generally, we start to see property coming out of the dive. Sales numbers start to uh, increase or at the very least stop decreasing. Uh, the values in real estate start to go up, and then we eventually get to an equilibrium or a balanced value line. Then the market heats up and starts to expand, and builders decide they need to build more product, and people go out there and try to double down on real estate, and property expands, and we see at this time uh, income generally going up, and especially in uh, rental properties, but we also see cap rates, the return rates, going down. It takes a little while to get your mind around that, but we have more people competing for the same income streams from real estate, and so that drives the cap rates down. Then eventually, that peaks, and the market starts to contract, and as the market contracts, it cools off and gets back down to this balanced value line or equilibrium line. Now, how long does a market cycle take? Some people tell you it's 10 years. I will tell you the magic answer is it depends. Every cycle is different, and there's not just one value cycle. If we talk about real estate value cycles, there's an industrial value cycle, there's a a retail, there's a resort, there's a vacation home, there's a residential, there's an apartment, all kinds of different cycles. Plus, you overlay on that population cycles, employment cycles, social change cycles, financial market cycles, other seasonal cycles, and it gets really complicated. But... We can boil it all down to the fact that as we watch the behaviors and the indicators in a marketplace, we can kind of tell where we are. Now, the challenge is in determining how long a market cycle takes. And they can be as quick as three years through a complete cycle or as long as 25 years. You just have to know what you're looking for. Yeah, I think, you know, in the general economy, we have a very complex economy as no longer, you know, ag, uh, agricultural economy. We've gotten past an industrial economy. We still have those components. And we've added to it service industries and all kinds of other things. And so the way an economy works is you have these different sectors and one is up and one is down. And so you get each sub-industry is going through these cycles up and down, but not concurrently. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for example, in the mortgage industry, just one industry, I'll give you an example, loan modifications is up right now. It's a very hot area of uh, the business. Short sales in the real estate side is up compared to traditional sales. And so uh, there are parts of the economy that are up and parts of the economy that are down. And that's kind of, it insulates you know you from a lot of the gyrations in an, in an economic cycle. And so you have to look at each particular area where you're at and what is driving that particular economy because, again, the broader economic indicators are what's influencing the ability of people to pay for housing and the demand for housing and the the demand for jobs and what's bringing them there and all of that. So uh, you can't separate the economy from the real estate. Well, the other thing is, as far as your personal investment philosophy goals, you need to be thinking about how do I offset my real estate so I don't have all my eggs in one basket. Right, We can diversify between marketplaces, we can diversify between product types, and we can certainly diversify between the types of property that do well in a good economy and the types that do well in a poor economy. Some real estate is on fire right now. 
Now, I know I don't mean literally. Uh, it, that's one of the reasons we get insurance. But <laughs> w- w- some real estate is hot. There's a, there are market segments right now, the apartment market, that there are waiting lists in apartments. And you think about that, and you know, well, waiting lists? Well, of course, because people who have lost their homes or because of their job situation, they've had to downgrade. There's a level of apartments in a lot of cities across the United States that there aren't enough. There's not enough supply. Right. And so that's a challenge. So if I want to be a long-term real estate uh, investor and I recognize that challenges are, are going to happen and that markets are going to change, then I want to be sure I'm positioned so I do well no matter what happens in the market. Yeah, I mean, at some point, all of this economic stimulus is going to take hold. Interest rates will come down. The ability and the demand for housing will come up. And at that point, you know, the apartment sector might not be quite as hot, just like what happened last time. You know, when when people could afford to buy houses, they quit renting. There was less demand for renting. So now all of a sudden you have decreasing incomes. And then, it, you know, when real estate gets hot as a sector, like you talked about earlier, Robert, and people start paying more for the same income, then that's when you get the, the, lower, uh, the lower cap rates and your return on your cash flow return on an investment goes down. So we see these things going up and down, up and down just constantly. And so really as a student of the the business and trying to figure out your entry points and exit points, you just have to watch those rhythms. You have to watch those cycles. And then you begin to look for the clues to say, okay, now's a good time to move into this particular sector, or maybe it's time to move out of this sector and move over into another sector. And that could be true in terms of the sectors, or it could be true in terms of the markets and so on. Absolutely. Very important that the data you look at is describing the marketplace you're interested in. It's easy to go along and say, here's what's going on in this market. Most of the information that we get that's in the newspaper, almost everything is about housing. And the housing markets, while dominant in a lot of areas, aren't the only market there is. When you talk about income property, rental properties, for example, seldom do we see those two things in phase for the very reasons we've mentioned. As the economy uh, looks sluggish, goes down, people lose their jobs, Uh, lose their homes even, Uh, there is much more demand, much more drive on those apartments. And so we've looked at a lot of these markets, and there was a time a few years back, I remember everything red hot here. In California, at least, those markets were totally in phase. It's the first time I ever remember seeing it. Probably happened before, but I wasn't paying attention. Well, yeah, a lot of times markets are out of phase, and that's part of the the key. See, if you'll study this stuff, it isn't exciting and riveting. It doesn't keep you up at night. In fact, some of you have already tuned out of the show <laughs> this week. But if you study it, this is where all the money's made. If you can tell where the puck is going to go and and all the clues are available, that's what's absolutely astounding about this topic in my mind. We, you know, as we do a, a three-day course on market analysis and property diligence, it just, it's a huge, huge topic. I don't know anyone else that teaches it. And, and, and the reason, I think, is because there's no economic outcome attached to it, right? Why have we seen thousands of groups teach GoZone? Because they have property in the go zone to sell you. Right. It doesn't mean that that you shouldn't consider investing in the go zone, but that's a super artificial market in my mind. And if I get 50% appreciation one year, that diminishes my depreciation all the rest of the time. Plus, I have recapture to consider on a huge basis. I mean, there's a lot of pros and cons. So trying to explain the information without a, a drive behind it. 
there's not an economic model for that. So I don't see anybody out there teaching real estate market analysis. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not sexy. But at the end of the day, what's underneath the market, not what's on the surface, is where you're going to make your money. You've got to take a look at what we always call those sustainable drivers. And there's macro factors. You know, Bob, you talked about everything being hot. Well, when money's plentiful, everything's hot. Conversely, when money isn't plentiful, as we're experiencing today, then everything slows down. But All right, so I think there's a clue there, though. I think I know how to make this topic sexy. We come back. We're going to look under the covers and find out exactly <laughs> how you can look right through and see the uh, the indicators that you need to see. We're talking about real estate market cycles and how to know when your market moves from recession to recovery. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys Radio Network. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Equity happens. Is it happening to you? Learn more at realestateguysradio.com. In today's crazy economy, you name it, what aren't you worried about? I mean, there's your 401k, banks are failing, and it just seems every day there is more bad economic news. That's why I decided it's time to take action and invest in physical silver. I really like the idea of investing in something I can touch and own, not just a piece of paper that can disappear like some of my stock funds. Silver's a great hedge against inflation, and unlike gold, silver has a huge industrial demand, which is is why some analysts expect it to dramatically rise in value. I also found the biggest challenge in owning silver is finding a place to buy it. I then was lucky that a friend told me about RBOR. They specialize in 100-ounce pure silver bars, perfect for an investor like me. Here's their number, 800-395-1123. That's 800-395-1123. I know their supply is limited. It's 800-395-1123. This week's radio program is brought to you in part by Audible.com, the leading provider provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like the real estate guys can on our weekly podcast. In fact, we were just talking about Rich Dad's Prophecy, which is one of the many books available on audible.com. And if you'll log on to audiblepodcast.com forward slash real estate guys, you can get a free audiobook of your choice. It could be Rich Dad's Prophecy. It could be uh, thousands and thousands of books. Just pick one, download it for free. Uh, it's pretty cool stuff. So what you do is you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash real estate guys. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash real estate guys for your free audio book. Crikey! Local real estate market a little slow? If there's no appreciation, there's no equity. No worries. There are lots of markets and many are booming. G'day, mate. This is Luke Chadwick, the Deal Hunter with Global Property Network. I spend most of my time traveling all over the U.S. and the world, hunting down hot markets, great properties, and expert agents. Give us a ring at one 411 4 gpn and we'll connect you to great agents in great markets with great deals. That's one 411 4476 well, mate, got to go. To learn more, go to globalpropertynetwork.com or call us at one 411 gpn Don't be shy. Do it now. Are you worried about your future energy costs? With oil prices recently coming back down, many Americans are being lulled into thinking that all will be well and good. But experts predict utility companies are going to see an unprecedented rise in costs as President-elect Obama is planning huge tax penalties for the use of dirty fuel. 
What can you do about it? Consider solar. Clean, green solar energy is cheaper and easier than you might imagine. Solar Masters is a solar electric generation installation company dedicated to bringing you the highest quality products to develop your own clean energy. And you'll be surprised at how affordable it can be. An installation of Solar Electric can be your insurance policy against future rate hikes. Solar Masters is offering listeners an unbelievable special. For a limited time, when you mention the real estate guys, you'll get your system installed free of labor costs. Call now at 888-757-7677 or visit SolarMastersInc.com. You can reduce or even in some cases even eliminate your electric bill. Call Solar Masters at 888-757-7677 to find out more. Tell them you heard it on The Real Estate Guys. Call 888-757-7677 today. Hi, this is Kendra Todd, winner of The Apprentice, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. We're talking about real estate market cycles and how uh, you can tell when your market is headed from recession to recovery, kind of rounding the loop at the bottom of the cycle, if you will. And a lot of markets, of course, in recession, and, and I'm not talking about the big you know, recession that, uh, word that gets tossed around in our economy. I'm talking about a specific marketplace, and we'll go through what some of the uh, clues are. Uh, how you can tell uh, uh, here shortly. Uh, But when you move from that to the recovery cycle, um, that's probably the most prudent time to get in. If you wait until the market has proven itself, then often you can catch just the last wave or by the time you're in, you've missed the boat. Right. And we see people do this all the time, not just in real estate, but in a lot of areas. The stock traders that are watching for indicators often miss it because they wait for, for surety. And so what you have to do is have a faith that there is a long-term return to the cycle equilibrium. Now, what's interesting, if you picture that cycle uh, and then the, the, the uh, sine wave we talked about and going up and down and up and down and up and down over time that trend line that equilibrium line that market uh, stabilized value line is not straight it's not horizontal it it actually trends up because long term if we go back from the 1900s until now long term real estate values go up yeah long term they do but they don't go up and stay up and that's really the challenge. And and it's interesting. I'm uh, taking a look. And you, of course, if you peer closely into your radio, you'll be able to see this. But I'm looking <laughs> at this uh, this chart that came from a particular marketplace uh, at, during a particular boom, bust, and recovery. And uh, here were some of the indicators. This was back in this particular market. Uh, this was back in 19. Uh, the cycle started uh, from equilibrium into the hot market style, uh, 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 cycle in the early 80s. And in the uh, late 80s, it started to uh, come down, as many markets did, and then bottomed out in 1991 and hit average again in 1996. So um, during the uh, the boom period of time, here's here's how they uh, characterize that. Speculation, overbuilding, overlending, liberal tax shelters, and rapid expansion of high tech. I'm having deja vu all over again. Exactly. And what happened in this particular market is interesting to notice because it was much above the norm. It got over overpriced and overheated. Then it hit the top and took a very sharp downturn. And all of a sudden there were, here are the descriptive words, panic, no lending, foreclosures, bank and SNL failures, and bankruptcies. 
I, I resemble that remark. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then it hit the bottom. It hit the bottom. This particular market hit the bottom in 1991, where the average uh, t- uh, the average uh, cycle uh, was not anywhere near as as uh, downward as this was uh, in, in this particular sector. If, when I say average across the country, but in this marketplace, in this sector, down a lot, which is why it's a great cycle to learn from. And uh, at that point, uh, we started to see solid economic and industrial growth, exit of the RTC and FDIC owners, return of the lender, more lenders coming on board, new building cycle begins, and opportunity and prosperity uh, for then years and, and years and years. So um, the, how you can tell when you're at the bottom of the cycle, the, the real way to tell when you're at the absolute top of a market is that's when real estate agents start buying property. Exactly. That's, that's how you know. And they, yeah, but, the, but, the, but absent of that, if you don't have access to that uh, information, what you want to know is when it starts to head down, then what's it, what, where do you expect the bottom to be? And does it mean that I get out? You know, Russ, you talked about moving from sector to sector to sector. The, the challenge with that or from market to market is real estate isn't very liquid. Right. And so timing the market and selling, I look at it more of what are the properties that can I can hang on to in almost any market versus what are the properties that I want to be heading to based on the cycle we're in the market right now. What you see today, depending on the market that you're in, is is a lot of don't wanters, people that are just fed up, they've bought into the negativity, they've had serious financial situations, they can't get loans, they can't refi, and so they just want out. And so we're seeing an unprecedented buyer's market and uh, maybe the best buyer's market we're going to see in our, in our lifetimes. One of the reasons they want out, often characterized by what? No equity left. Therefore, I'm paying for something that's going away. Particularly if I got negative cash flow, how long do I have to feed this? Should I continue or am I just a don't want or do I just get out of here and move on with my life? Well, and of course, that varies drastically depending on the real estate sector. For instance, in commercial real estate, most of the loans are non-recourse loans, meaning that the recourse that the lender has is the property and not the individual. So that's a different decision as a business owner investor than a house where you have personally signed a guarantee and what you're giving up is not only the property but your credit. And so those things overlay on top of where we are in the cycle. And so every situation is different, and you just have to look at your own situation and decide what makes sense for me. A lot of folks that we've talked to in the last year have been hanging on desperately to their good credit scores, and I question that. You know, why is it that you need that credit score? Are you going to be buying a house in the next couple of years? Are you going to be buying a car in the next couple of years? Well, no, nobody's buying a car, right? What are the things that you need a great credit score for, and what's it costing you to keep that score? You know... That's a controversial topic, but it's a great point, and um, I don't know how it fits into market cycles, but since you brought it up, we should probably go there. Well, I'm not saying there's an answer. I'm just saying you've got to think about it. Well, you do, because because your credit score is only one tool in your financial tool chest, or it's only one weapon in your arsenal, however you want to, whatever metaphor you want to use. But the bottom line is, is that if you don't have a long-term game plan to hold on to a property that's hemorrhaging... And you are running up the credit cards or uh, depleting your asset base. In other words, you're, 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 you're damaging your balance sheet in order to save your credit score. You have to ask yourself, what price am I willing to pay? And the thing is, if you don't have a plan, then you've given up both your balance sheet and your credit score because your credit score is going to take a hit anyway. 
last time I looked, there are lots of services out there that do credit repair, credit restoration, and it wouldn't surprise me that with the magnitude of this financial situation, if there's going to be some legislation, some grace that comes in, you can't count on that, but it wouldn't surprise me. But I don't know that anybody's going to come along with a balance sheet restoration plan, you know. Somebody's not going to come along and fix your balance sheet. Uh, Although, you know, I mean, bankruptcy is certainly an option to wipe out some debt and things, but... Uh, that's also going to hit your credit. So there's, there's just something to think about, you know, before you before you sell the farm and, and, and try to save your credit score. Right. You have to know why you're doing it. So if you're sitting in that position trying to figure out what you're going to do, the first thing you better figure out is what the real estate cycles look like because the whole game is how long do I have to hold on to this before? So see, Bob t- tied it together. Nice there segue, go. Bob. Good, I'm, I'm, good or job. Or if you it know, recovers. When I've been, when I've gotten <laughs> to the point where I've been investing, you know, for six decades, uh, I'm going to be quick You'll like know, that. Just gonna, like I'm that. I'm going to be able exactly. to make that fast. Well, unfortunately, the market cycle is easy to chart after the fact. It's easy to look back, and and this is a great uh, the this marketplace I'm looking at taught a lot of lessons because the run up was a lot faster and a lot hotter than markets, and so was the downturn, which is typically what happens. You're looking for a mild real estate market, then it doesn't have the high highs and it doesn't have the low lows. But when you're looking to make you know those huge returns like we made in 03 and 04 and 05, then you're going to be in a market that is a lot more volatile, and you got to understand where, where it fits. I have a visual aid. I, because, I mean, you know, on the radio, it's important to use visual aids. Yes. So an accordion. Right? Yeah. You get a volatile market where you got a steep spike and a quick downturn, your accordion is crunched. It's, right. It's small. And then and then when you have a slower moving market, your accordion is stretched out so your waves are not quite as your peaks and valleys aren't quite as tall, but they're more spread out. Accordion to who? <laughs> that's funny. Oh, sorry. Well, you know, I mean, like you look at somebody that's a day trader, you know, they're, they're right. dealing with spikes on a daily basis. They're getting in and out. When I talk about timing a market in real estate, you're like a decade trader or maybe yeah. a, a score trader. So like Abe Lincoln said, four score. That's two decades, right? Score. A, a score a is two decades. A score yeah. is two decades. So Bob's really only been investing for three score. Three score. I, and I really never thought of it that way. Yeah. See, when you get to four score and seven years ago, then, you know, you... Uh, that's going to have some historic significance, your, I'm sure. Your musical metaphor, the accordion. Um, it's important that the accordion move in and out, up and down, whatever you like, or there won't be any music coming out of it. Yeah. If you want to look now, at Now, again, this, some people think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's easily arguable that the cycles that we see are urgent for the long-term health of any of these marketplaces. Virtually all of them have this going on, and yet... Most of them have not quit altogether. Well, you know, that's a huge point, Bob, because when you think about the way people react emotionally to downturns and, you know, they think, oh, there's something wrong. To me, it's nature's way. It's like a forest fire, right? Exactly like a forest fire. It's nature's way of, of purging some of the dead wood, of just making room for new growth. And, you know, when a market overheats and prices become unsustainable, it's only common sense that at some point people are going to begin to pull back. And so if you can just look at these things as like a gigantic market mood swings, because really at the end of the day, it's human beings making these decisions and they get caught up in the emotion and they buy and they run it up, a rational exuberance. And then all of a sudden they somebody decides to head for the exit and, you know, something happens. People think, oh, this can't last forever. And because they believe that, that's what happens. And then down it goes and up and down and up and down and up and down. But, you know, when you talked about that market earlier, Robert, I'm just sitting here thinking that sounds so much like today, and I laugh because history really does repeat itself. And that old adage that those who fail to study history are doomed to repeat it, 
I guess in a good way, I mean, if you study history, you can repeat it, right? If there was people making a lot of money in, you know, you know, in, in, the, in the 90s, after the last recession in real estate and made a lot of money, say, from 1995 to 2005, then is it not conceivable that maybe from 2010 to, you know, 2020? And, and when you get to 2020 and you look back, I mean, you've got pretty good hindsight, right? It's exactly 2020. Exactly. <laughs> and on that note, uh, when we come back, we're going to play real estate trivia. That's a chance for you to win a prize by knowing our trivia question, which has been researched thoroughly. Uh, for your enjoyment, you're gonna uh, you're gonna have a guess and and uh, could win you a book. So stay with us for that. Also, we'll talk more about uh, practically speaking. How do I know my marketplace has uh, reached the bottom? If it, if it even is possible to tell. Uh, you're tuned to the Real Estate Guys Radio Network. I'm your host Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Chadwick. Look, Chadwick. Real estate, like diamonds, are forever. So when it comes to real estate, never say never again. I travel the world for Global Property Network, spying out hot markets, experienced agents, and great deals. So if the world is not enough and you're looking for investment or vacation real estate anywhere in America or around the globe, call Global Property Network. I've got a gold finger for connecting you to great properties. You only live twice, so to grow your income for the second part of your life, you can live and let die, or you can go for it, like the living daylights. GPN is here to help. From Russia with love, this is Luke Chadwick for Global Property Network. Give Luke and his team at Global Property Network a license to kill and find you income-producing property. Tomorrow never dies, so you need Luke to find properties and deals for your eyes only. Call Luke and GPN today, 877-411-4GPN. That's 877-411-4GPN. Or on the sponsors page at realestateguysradio.com. All aboard. Set sail with the Real Estate Guys on their 7th Annual Investors Summit at Sea. Aboard ship, you'll enjoy first-class dining, awesome entertainment, 24-hour room service, and plenty of fun activities. Unwind at the piano bar, check out the casino action, or stay in touch at the Internet Cafe. Plus, hang out with the Real Estate Guys for a week you'll never forget. We depart from Fort Lauderdale March 21st for Panama, Costa Rica, and Belize, and return March 29th. Call 877-WOW-CRUISE to learn more. That's 877-WOW-CRUISE or go to wowevents.com. There are plenty of great cabins left, but the Investor Summit always sells out. Call 877-WOW-CRUISE to talk to our cruise specialist, Mary Lynn. That's 877-969-2784. 877-WOW-CRUISE. Don't miss the boat. In today's crazy economy, you name it, what aren't you worried about? I mean, there's your 401k, banks are failing, and it just seems every day there is more bad economic news. That's why I decided it's time to take action and invest in physical silver. I really like the idea of investing in something I can touch and own, not just a piece of paper that can disappear like some of my stock funds. Silver's a great hedge against inflation, and unlike gold, silver has a huge industrial demand, which is why some analysts expect it to dramatically rise in value. 
I also found the biggest challenge in owning silver is finding a place to buy it. I then was lucky that a friend told me about RBOR. They specialize in 100-ounce pure silver bars, perfect for an investor like me. Here's their number, 800-395-1123. That's 800-395-1123. I know their supply is limited. It's 800-395-1123. Hello, Robert Kiyosaki. Listen to the Real Estate Guys. They're wild and crazy, but they really know what they're talking about. Hey, welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. We're talking today about real estate market cycles from recession to recovery, how you can tell where your market is, and uh, what the signs are that it may be improving. And then, of course, what do you do about that? Before we get back to the program, it is time to play Real Estate Trivia. Every week, we ask you a trivia question that has something to do with real estate and today's cycles as well. Uh, Believe it or not, Russ Gray has found a trivia question that uh, has to do with real estate and cycles, so uh, a particular kind of cycle, in fact. Uh, And as soon as you know that uh, question and and hear the answer, you're going to send it to us uh, via email at trivia at realestateguysradio.com, trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Now, the first person with the right answer wins a prize. Then we take all of the correct answers and have a drawing. That way, whether you're listening live on the radio or uh, the delayed effect, the podcast or MP3 after the fact, you still have a chance uh, to win a prize. The prize? An autographed copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate. Our book on real estate investing, you can learn more at equityhappens.com. But the book can be yours for free if you know today's real estate trivia question, which has to do with real estate and cycles. First, we have to check last week's show. Last week, we did a show on alternative energy, and uh, our trivia question was, who's the largest purchaser of green power? And the answer may surprise you, as it did me. The largest purchaser currently, and this may change, but of green power, the United States Air Force. I thought it was Green Lantern. No, Green Lantern uh, produces his own power, apparently. Oh, and someone right. else guessed that it was Green Land, but uh, uh, no, no, it's, it's the, uh, the U.S. Uh, Air Force. So here we are, this week's uh, trivia question. Uh, our, our mission was to come up with a question on, uh, on cycles that had to do with real estate, and, and Russ did. Here, here's Russ's question. Where was the bicycle invented? Where was the bicycle invented? The bicycle. Yeah, it really doesn't have anything to do with real estate cycles, but cycles nonetheless. Sure. So where, what piece of real estate, what large mass of real estate uh, was the uh, uh, bicycle invented? And you don't have to know by whom and all that, but uh, the more the more you impress us with, the uh, more we'll laugh when we get your email. Send it to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and mailing address. So if you're our book winner, we can send it out to you as we do every week. All right, we're talking about uh, the market cycles in real estate market value cycles. And uh, in many markets right now, we are either still in the recession part of uh, the cycle or perhaps turning the curve at the bottom and heading into recovery. And so what we want to talk about is how you know whether or not you're still in uh, the recover or the recession cycle and, and headed into recovery. And the first thing we need to say is there's no magic answer. It doesn't appear somewhere in the newspaper. There's not an announcement made. It, it's it's all based on information that you're going to uh, call from different sources. I, I think that's a great point about the newspaper because one of the things about the news is they're reporting what happened. They're looking into the past. And so they're not talking about what's happening now. Even though they report daily, a lot of times what they're dealing with is reports and statistics and things that are a quarter old or maybe even six months old. And they're trying to interpret that. And it really doesn't tell you exactly where you're at. Right. How good of a driver would you be if you completely spent all of your time staring in the rearview mirror? That's what 
real estate analysts often do is they look at what's happened. They present all the information. It's useful information. It's just not everything because where the past has taken us is an indicator of where we may go in the future. But just like in your life, your past can have something to do with your future, but it's not everything. Right. All that matters isn't where you're coming from, but where you're going. Well, I think one of the things that you do, Robert, that's really good when we go into a new marketplace is, you know, we look at the statistics in the past and, you know, to find the bigger trends. But the anecdotal information, you can't discount that when you get into a market and talk to people that make their living in the streets, selling real estate, financing real estate, developing real estate, uh, insuring real estate. Uh, they're very much involved in what's going on in the marketplace. Uh, property managers, people that are renting real estate, even even uh, you know uh, other just just citizens that are living there. You know, from the the coffee shop waitress to the gas station attendant. I mean, all of these people have inputs, and they're what you call points on the curve, or you know, pieces of the puzzle. And you get that piece that information, and they paint a picture of what's happening right now. It's not scientific, but then you take that and put that in contrast to what you've learned from the statistics that might be a month old or three months old or six months old and see where that plots out on your little, you know, your your uh, sine curve, your little wave. And then you begin to say, okay, it seems to me like this marketplace is kind of in this place. And then you have to look for things that support those people's opinions and that requires a little bit more homework. Yeah, it's huge. And, and it's, it's why it's virtually impossible to really nail the market timing without going there. You can only get so much on the internet, right? And, and then many of the services that provide this information are charge a fee, which makes sense because they're doing a lot of work to get the information. Still, it's all about what's happened in the past and they're your best modeling. But you're right. When you get on the street and start talking to everybody, not just people in the industry, but everybody, you get a huge idea of where it's going. So how do we know when a market makes the transition? Well, a couple of uh, big picture things, which are fairly obvious, that have to do with the number of sales uh, in, in a particular uh, area, both geographically and market type. So whether we're talking about industrial, real estate, or golf courses, number of sales, and then pricing. Those are the two obvious ones. And so in a lot of the markets right now that we definitely see turning the curve, what we see is that the number of sales has either stopped decreasing or is starting to increase. And the sales uh, prices uh, in the in the marketplace have the the softening has slowed doesn't mean prices have gone up and and you're not necessarily at the bottom of the curve just because prices are going up but what happens is that the the you know when there's a lot of don't wanters it really skews the pricing and the pricing falls way down and appraisals lag behind and and that information is hard to get and so it's before that that the market starts to turn when you start to see that softening slow down or even out or the number of sales is just starting to climb. We add on to that, because again, sales are only actual transactions. You add on to that important factors like net migration and jobs and what's happening there and builders' new starts and permits. Now you start to see what the climate is because who are the providers of real estate in a marketplace in terms of real estate to lease, real estate to buy? Who are those providers and what actions are they taking and when? A builder doesn't just pop a house out in a day. There's a lot of planning that goes on. And so as you probably know, new housing starts are at all-time lows in a lot of marketplaces. There's been huge pullback. A lot of builders who land bank and put bank, uh, you know, banks of land or, or tracts of land ahead in their, in their portfolio so that they have something to operate on have, have liquidated some of that inventory. And so they're 
outlook has changed. And there's been a lot of uh, jobs that have been lost in the housing industry, construction, not just in mortgage and real estate. And so that all plays on it. But if you look at that whole big picture that we're seeing less and less being being built and less and less people in that industry, and yet at the same time, the population in America, and uh, for sure in some other countries, is headed only one direction – then that tells you that eventually the market will turn. And we're already seeing it happen in a lot of the marketplaces. And so what you want to look at is obviously when when the market starts to turn, values trend upward, vacancy in, in the rental and re, re, both retail and commercial and, uh, and residential spaces starts to trend downwards. Now, that's interesting because in a lot of markets, B and C apartment markets, vacancy and, and tenancy t- tend to be uh, – uh, tenancy is, is month to month. And so we can see the reaction a lot quicker than we can say in retail where the average term of a lease is three to five years. And the building might be empty, but it's still considered leased. And exactly. That, that skews everything. Yep, it sure does. And subleases and phantom tenants and all those things play into what the real numbers are. So it depends on your marketplace. Of course, I always look at net by migration. Is an area bringing more people in than it's losing? If it's bringing more people in, they got to go somewhere. They have to shop somewhere. They have to work somewhere. They have to live somewhere. And so we have to know, are, are there more or are there less? And if a marketplace is trending in the negative, if a lot of people, more people are leaving than coming in, that doesn't mean it's over forever, but it's sure a bright yellow flag, maybe even a pink flag. Not a red flag, but it's one of the many things in the curve that we continue. Now, we continue to look at. Now, if you look at a market that seems like it's at the bottom, there are some things that we look at that tell us that we might not be there yet. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, what some of those things are. And then we'll talk about some practical things that uh, you can do to make sure that you're buying uh, or able to position yourself to buy in what we think is Firmly the best buyer's market uh, that uh, we've seen in years and years and years, and maybe the best buyer buyer's market we'll ever see in our lifetimes. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys Radio Network. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. All aboard. Set sail with the real estate guys on their seventh annual Investors Summit at Sea. Aboard ship, you'll enjoy first class dining, awesome entertainment, 24 hour room service, and plenty of fun activities. Unwind at the piano bar, check out the casino action, or stay in touch at the Internet Cafe. Plus, hang out with the real estate guys for a week you'll never forget. We depart from Fort Lauderdale March 21st for Panama, Costa Rica, and Belize, and return March 29th. Call 877-WOW-CRUISE to learn more. That's 877-WOW-CRUISE, or go to wowevents.com. There are plenty of great cabins left, but the Investor Summit always sells out. Call 877-WOW-CRUISE to talk to our cruise specialist, Mary Lynn. That's 877-969-2784. 877-WOW-CRUISE. Don't miss the boat. Crikey! Local real estate market a little slow? If there's no appreciation, there's no equity. No worries. There are lots of markets and many are booming. G'day, mate. This is Luke Chadwick, the Deal Hunter with Global Property Network. I spend most of my time traveling all over the U.S. and the world hunting down hot markets, great properties, and expert agents. 
Give us a ring at 1-877-411-4GPN and we'll connect you to great agents in great markets with great deals. That's 1-877-411-4476. Well, mate, got to go. To learn more, go to globalpropertynetwork.com or call us at 1-877-411-4GPN. Don't be shy. Do it now. Hi, this is Garrett Sutton, Rich Dad's advisor. Remember, equity happens, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Thanks for tuning in to The Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms, and uh, with me uh, this week, our financial strategist co-host, Russell Gray. Always happy to be here. The godfather of real estate, Bob Helms. Fascinating topic. Yeah, you've seen a lot of market cycles in your 60-plus years of investing. My goodness. What's interesting about it, looking at the current, uh, what I see different about the current cycle, uh, and I'm talking about housing across the country at the moment, um, residential real estate, compared to the the ones that I've looked at in the past, uh, we have kind of an exaggerated or exacerbated state due to the huge number of foreclosures. We were talking a little earlier about things happening in the market like more short sales. Well, of course, until recently, a lot of us didn't know what a short sale was. There was a time when there were no short sales, period. What the impact of short sales is today, if you're in a residential real estate market in an area that's got lots of foreclosures, lots of lots of difficult financing going on, is that short sales distort what the picture looks like. I come on the market, I go to the MLS, I see 50 houses in an area, and 30 of them are advertised as short sales. What is that really doing to the marketplace? Because a short sale, let's just talk about it for a second. A short sale simply means that the seller of the property who has no equity left doesn't care what it sells for, just wants it gone. The bank, of course, wants to get as much equity as they can. But to be honest with you, they're so busy, they're not paying much attention to those. So what happens is short sales, even when you get a buyer and get a contract, languish for a long time while the bank is trying to get around to processing it. Um, and in fact, I had a transaction not too long ago in which um, the buyer that I got was somebody who'd been in a short sale contract on another property for four months and finally gave up and said, I want to buy a house. I don't want to wait for this lender's convenience another minute. Well, it's a good point. These properties, these distressed properties of all kinds, foreclosures and, and uh, REO properties taken over the bank, short sales that are done w- with the, the cooperation of the of the current owner, all of those do skew the market down. Because if I get to the point where it really doesn't matter what I take for the property, then that's going to be a very different scenario than someone that can wait on the average market uh, time and, and length of days of the market. It's one of the many indicators we're going to look at. Uh, but it's huge to understand this is a very different cycle than we've seen in the past. It is longer. It is uh, more protracted, but the signs are there. And so how do I know if the market's not yet continuing down? Some things to look for. Days of the market is huge. What's the average day on the market? Uh, Sometimes also you'll see this expressed as uh, how much 
how much inventory, how many months of inventory is there? What's the current rate? How long would it take uh, the, the supply of inventory here? There's an eight-month supply or there's a 15-month supply of, of industrial space or of houses. Then that tells you that if that number is increasing, that we may not be at the bottom. If it's decreasing, then maybe we're getting there. What's the When it comes to rentals, whether it's a, a retail-type rental, office rental, or, or a residential rental, what's the average turnover time? How long between tenants? If we're looking at some of the apartment markets today, it's days. In some of the office markets, it's months and years between tenants. And then what is what kind of incentives are we seeing to move in? I always look in, at, at, the, at, the, uh, at the retail and, and, and office markets because you can tell a lot by what kind of tenant improvement incentives the landlords are offering. If I'm moving my business into an office space, a 10,000-square-foot office space, I'm going to negotiate for some of the tenant improvements, some of the things I'm going to do to, to customize that space for my use to be offset by the landlord. Well, in some markets, the landlords are bending over backwards to do that. And in other types, the other top parts of the cycle, it's like, well, if you want it fixed, you do it yourself. You can tell a lot about the market that way. Yeah, and because those leases tend to be longer term, the, the landlord does not want to reduce the rate. He'd much rather give you incentives and other uh, – Incentives. Yeah, That's no, ex- exactly right. And, they just, and they really, it's because real estate is valued both on their books and then if they turn to, to sell a portfolio based on the, the monthly rent. So it makes a lot of sense for both parties to keep their rent high and have other incentives, right? What I, if I'm a business, I, I, that's a legitimate expense, my, my monthly rental uh, amount, and I might be able to have other incentives uh, that, that look for that. So it's all markets we look at what are the incentives being given. And when incentives start to diminish, that's another clue. So there's no one answer. We're just looking for lots of different things that are going to indicate that we're getting near the bottom of a market. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, I just talk about where do you find all this great information, and some of it you're going to find through your real estate professionals, especially the ones that specialize in whatever particular niche-type property you're looking for, so the practitioners are very local. That's why you really, you know, maybe a website initially, but eventually you're going to need to go make a relationship with someone, especially if you want to get inside information. And property managers is a great you know, opportunity to find out what type of incentives are being offered and, and what type of uh, turnaround times and things there are, depending on, you know, again, residential or commercial, whatever it is you're looking at. Um, a lot of times you can look at the classified ads and, and, and just try, you know, talk to uh, people who are in uh, personnel employment, trying to figure out, if, you know, are people hiring? Is their economies growing? Uh, if you listen to the local business radio or you listen to the local or you read the local business journal and you can begin to get a feel from some of the company leaders, uh, are they hiring? Are they not hiring? You know, what's the general flavor going on? And again, it's not a precise science. You have to kind of get a feel, which is uh, one reason that Robert always recommends that you don't try to have like 50 markets that you're analyzing because you can probably handle, I mean, even a full timer, maybe two or three Four at the most. If you got staff, then you can go past that. But if you're a you know uh, a part time investor, then you you need to pick a couple of markets and preferably where you have some relationships. I mean, that's not the only reason to do it. But if you've got people there who are on the street that can can tell you what's going on in a local market, that can help you a lot to tell when a market's getting ready to make a move. Yeah, absolutely. And then you also have to. It's not just about whether a market is about to move, but you've got to step back and say, long term, is this a market that makes sense? There are certain markets across the U.S. that just 
generally do better than others. And so, and it's like that in every country. There's markets that are strong. And so if you recognize a market that has long-term growth and and sustainable drivers, reasons there will be more people wanting and demanding the real estate there, more jobs, more population. If you can see that, more visitors as a long-term situation. And short-term, there is undervalued real estate. That's a great recipe today. A lot of property right now is underpriced. It just is. There's yeah. there's bargains out there. Now, at the same time, there's a lot that's not. There's Everyone's hanging on to their previous paradigm of what their house was worth, for instance. And it's hard to accept that. Less so in the commercial markets because they're more detached than that. But in the, in the residential market, there definitely is a hesitancy. There's falling behind the curve and people don't want to jump ahead. But because there's so many distressed opportunities out there, now's a great time to be a buyer. And ironically, even though it's one of the best buy markets we've ever seen, most people have their foot on the brake and not on the gas. This is why there is huge opportunity. So many ways, just because you may not personally be in position, don't let that stop you. So many ways that you can get involved in real estate today when you can see something that somebody else can't. That's always the key. You know, Warren Buffett says when people are running scared, be greedy. When people are being greedy, run scared. And if you just go back and look at a few market cycles and say, well, if I would have applied just that one philosophy to my approach, how would I have done? And I think for the most part, people would recognize they would have done a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, well, I was going to say one other thing just with respect to markets and what's underneath the market. Um, you know, you, you, we look at all of these different uh, types of indicators, but to me, one of the big things to look at is infrastructure. And I don't just mean freeways and airports, although that's important, but it could be education. There's a strong educational uh, infrastructure, then, then typically that draws people in and then they settle and it's a great labor pool for local employers. Uh, you know, access to shipping. Uh, a lot of times people on the coast, is those those are still better. And you, again, you look at a more mature market. I mean, it's a safer place to pay, play when you've got a market that is is really established. It's got a strong economic base, a strong population base. It's got good, solid infrastructure. And I think one of the things is we're looking into 2009 that there has been a lot of talk from our uh, new president-elect is the – or actually, actually now almost the new president, right? Almost. Yeah. So uh, we he's talking a lot about big investments in infrastructure. Infrastructure, and it's going to be interesting to watch where where that happens and and how that might affect that local market too, because I think there could be some opportunity there. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the markets and the uses and a lot of things are changing. You know, there's people who are talking about making sure you're getting to emerging marketplaces. Well, you know, across the United States, not too many emerging marketplaces in the true sense of the word. But what we are seeing is some reasons that people are moving from market A to market B. Maybe they meant submerging markets or <laughs> oh no, submerging <laughs> markets. Yeah, there's been a few of those. And and with the global warming, we'll see even more of those. So be careful of uh, coastal areas of Florida, I guess. But uh, but. What we want to look at when we study markets is just to see where the trends are, what we can learn from history, and what our best guess is about the direction of a marketplace. So we take where the market is now and we overlap what we look at the long-term sustainable drivers to see, is this a market that I'm going to believe in five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? I think one of the great things about this real estate market is forcing investors to think more long-term. Real estate is a long-term investment. We've always said that the fact that many of us can make a lot of money in a short period of time was great why it Lasted, you're never going to build a career on that because market cycles do change. And as our good friend Robert Kiyosaki says, the key is learning how to make money in down and sideways markets. If you can do that, then you're not scared of what the market gives you. Your mission is to take the market information, what's coming at you, and then decide how to react. It's not 
you know, waiting for the great market. In any market, you can make money in real estate. And then another big picture thing is that even though there's been a lot of economic uh, ripples that have caused problems throughout other countries as well as ours, there are some great outside of the U.S. marketplaces that are doing extremely well right now. And so you at least consider that when you look at where you are in your uh, investment portfolio because it's a big world and there's a demand for real estate everywhere. People get up every day like Russ talked about and and use and interact with the real estate, not just in the United States of America, but in the uh, all the other countries there are. And uh, there's some great opportunities uh, worldwide. Well, I think that's the time that we have. Thank you, gentlemen, for your contribution today. And uh, thanks to you, our listener, for making our program possible. Remember to tell a friend about the Real Estate Guys and uh, have them subscribe to the podcast or tune into your local radio station to hear us. Thanks to Chathan, our engineer, Matthew Pierce, our executive producer. We'll see you next week on the Real Estate Guys radio program. And between now and then, may equity happen to you. See you next week. This airing of The Real Estate Guys was brought to you in part by our sponsors. Corporate Direct. Get the edge in business and wealth building with asset protection, privacy, and tax savings. Call Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton at 800-600-1760. Global Property Network. Have Goldfinger Luke Chadwick help you find properties from around the world. Call GPN at 877-411-4GPN. Equity Happens Institute. The Equity Happens Institute is dedicated to providing real estate investment education for effective action. To find out more about the Equity Happens Institute, call 866-900-4232. You can find out about these and our other valued sponsors on our sponsor page at realestateguysradio.com. And to learn how you can sponsor the program, call Matthew Pierce at 510-521-5100. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on The Real Estate Guys. In today's crazy economy, you name it, what aren't you worried about? I mean, there's your 401k, banks are failing, and it just seems every day there is more bad economic news. That's why I decided it's time to take action and invest in physical silver. I really like the idea of investing in something I can touch and own, not just a piece of paper that can disappear like some of my stock funds. Silver's a great hedge against inflation, and unlike gold, silver has a huge industrial demand, which is why some analysts expect it to dramatically rise in value. I also found the biggest challenge in owning silver is finding a place to buy it. I then was lucky that a friend told me about RBOR. They specialize in 100-ounce pure silver bars, perfect for an investor like me. Here's their number, 800-395-1123. That's 800-395-1123. I know their supply is limited. It's 800-395-1123.